Mana 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 this is Social Disgusting. Welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is a returning one, previously appearing on episodes 117 and 118, who has since made a podcast, become a vending mill comedian, gone on vacation, <laughs> and I don't know what else. TBD, we'll figure yeah. that out. So questions will be asked. Please welcome back. Joe Schiappa, welcome. Oh, hi, Brandon. What does hi. the AKA mean? When I first started, that's a great question. It's one of those things where it just I just still do it. I don't really know why, and it doesn't make sense for anybody without any semblance of context, and I don't even know if it makes sense to me. But when I started, I, I went by a different name, so it was my name, AKA another name, and then I just didn't understand why I did that in the first you place. You wanted to be like it. Flapjack or what do you call it? Hamburger <laughs> Boy or whatever? Pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza, yeah, yeah. Pizza Slice or whatever? Yeah, the name was Wolfman Jack Jr. So That's funny, feel... though. A reference that, no, I guess my uh, in-laws, my mother-in-law's boyfriend would get, but no one else. Are you an American graffiti fan? Do you like Wolfman Jack? I just rewatched it like four days ago. It's a beautiful looking movie. It's very well shot. Is it good still? I remember kind of liking it. I don't. It's not a movie that I rushed out to see. When I watched it, like when I first watched it, like ten, fifteen years ago, and maybe this was just like my mentality at the time. I was like, I don't get the hype. This is overrated. And then I rewatched it, you know, that three, four days ago, and loved it. Just loved it. Oh. Um, so maybe I don't know if it may be some like fifties nostalgia that I have for some reason that I'm sure. I don't understand why or what or maybe just like seeing all these actors young and that was cool and like oh young richard dreyfus and all that but it really did it for me i really enjoyed it i had this steven spielberg book growing up that was like the films of Spiel- it was like a hardback book i don't know where i got it i actually think i got it at the museum of science in boston i think they had like a you know to get people to buy stuff it was also tangentially related to science but they had a, a steven spielberg book and i remember reading looking through it and like being like i had not known that he had made a couple movies like the 70s even growing up seemed so far away they seemed even equally far away now, but like he made Sugarland Express, and like there's a couple movies in the book that I was like, I had no idea that he had made these other things. Oh, like so Duel, like, probably. Duel is great. Oh my god, Duel is it's amazing. It's so good. Duel is amazing. Have you seen the J.J. Abrams ripoff of Duel um, called Joyride? Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, the one he wrote. Yeah, when he Paul Walker he was J.J. Abrams. I, yeah, uh, I, I enjoy that movie because it's like uh, it's very good. It's it is. It really holds up well. Um, what's his name? Played Buffalo Bill. Does the voice of the trucker? Oh yeah, he's great. Ted, uh, Ted Levine. Yeah, he's yes, great. he's great. And Steve Zahn is just has so much charisma as the older brother. I just really like that movie a lot. He didn't really. Steve Zahn. That's another one. You're like, oh, why didn't he? Why wasn't he as popular as like, um, you know, a Jim Carrey or? Uh, I mean, he did well, but he didn't become like the mega star that I thought he would because he was so funny. He's funny in Suburbia, that movie, that Linklater yes. movie he's great in. Yeah. Well, what I don't, to your point, though, at the very least, I don't understand how he didn't become like an alpha character actor. Because he can do oh, anything. Like, um, almost like a, like an Adam Driver. Yeah, like he can do, like he can minimally, I don't know how he didn't achieve that. Because he can do it. He's so versatile. He can do anything. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. And also, you get older and you don't hit it in the right spot, and it's probably a million other things too. Although he does, he's on that that White Lotus show, which I have not watched, but I'm sure he's he's in tons of things. I don't think he's. 
He's great on the White Lotus, and he'll get. Is that show good? I think so. I think it's. Um, I think that some shows get caught in this tidal wave of hype, and so then it gets the hype gets becomes insurmountable, you know. And then there's a backlash, and it's just the whole thing. Ted, the Ted Lasso ba- backlash. <laughs> Man, which I, I got, agree with. I think it's gotten so corny. I think the show itself is overhyped because ultimately it is a soccer sitcom, and and <laughs> you know. You know, but it's and, so funny, Brandon, that the that it is Family Matters. Like it just becomes yeah. that show, and then it's sort of gussied up with swears and some sexual things. But other than that, it's like the same as the other shows. I think the so joke for format them. has somehow already become cliched on its own show. You know, on its second season, it always does. Oh well, that's the time. Like blah 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 blah. You know, like it. it right. It feels I like believe it's already... in rom rom communism. Like I think yes. that kind of thing and it's the idea that these tough soccer players know about the joke that they know things that we don't think they would know is well played out yeah like, and i oh, think i think the performances, the, are good. the performances are amazing and i think the energy and the positivity i think is funny like the idea that he like there are legitimately funny jokes that i don't see coming i just i i feel like they they overcorrected Whereas in the first season there was a there's a hint of sinisterism, sinisterism, something in there, yeah, cynicism, and also something sinister uh, yeah. about the woman wanting to get him fired and doing it to ruin it, sort of like major league style. And I thought that was like comedy needs to be a little a little darker. And I feel like the edgy the edges were taken off this season. But that's my who gives a shit what I think about it. It also gave it stakes. And yeah. right now the stakes are, I mean, I've, I've watched like one or two episodes of the new season so far, but the stakes are like, they're not winning as much or they're not winning. You know, it's, it's a very, um, I, can't I don't know, it feels like it's been defanged a little. Inevitable. And they can take this from me if they're listening. If you're listening to Ted Lasso crew, the inevitable episode where you return to the United States and you play the United States team, and he falls in love with the United States woman, and he's torn between going back to England or staying in the States. He's offered, I'm just waiting for that. If that's not the end, Brendan, you can, you can, uh, I will stake, I will buy you um, a DVD, a Blu-ray of your choice, if that does not happen at some point in the next two years. Because I just suddenly I'm a Ted Lasso fan again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will get you a, um, a steel book of your choice. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I it's fine. It's fine enough to watch. It's it's you know what? To be honest, it's perfect pandemic viewing because you don't. It's not the news and it's nothing. It's a world that is not touched by our horrendous situation. So I think it's fine. Yeah, you know, I I think to your point though, like it does serve a purpose. It is like a very hopeful, optimistic thing. Even if I guess sometimes it is, sometimes it does feel kind of cynical in its own way, but. I don't know. It's necessary. It's filling a void for a lot of people. Uh, it makes a lot of people happy. I do think that the hype did get beyond pay- the pale. Like it got too much mm. beyond what it, in my opinion, necessitated or deserved. But then again, who the fuck am I? What does it matter? It's fine. That's what enjoy I it. There are plenty of things out there that I enjoy. By the way, I just watched the first episode of um, this morning. Uh, Only murders in the building. Loved it. So my wife and I watched. Uh, first two last night. I guess there's three yeah. now, and I can't wait to watch the next one. It was great. It's a delight. It's amazing, and yeah, it's just good. I forgot how good Martin Short is. That's actually I had Martin Short in my mind to talk to you because they, um, the 
Turner Classic Movies did like a retrospective of his work, mm-hmm. um, like over the summer, and they had like a little documentary. They did an interview with him, and he was awesome. And then they showed Clifford and Inner Space, which were great. And I, I forgot that, that he is in not unforgotten, but he did not have the highs of other people, even though he started movies, and these movies kind of were flops for him. Um, and he did not break out like the Steve Martin did. He didn't come out of that way but like and he was always the second banana in, in his best work right like father the bride or three amigos so uh yeah it was just amazing i think this is a real this was a real star turn and would you watch the first episode i watched the first episode yeah did you I watched see the like scene where he ago. meets his he talks to his son or yes no? okay yeah. uh one of the best scenes i've seen in a long time like just so well acted and kind of a shitty like we kind of see it coming and blah 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 but it was uh, tremendous i turned to my wife and i was like that was a great scene of television i thought it was great and i I think to your point though like in terms of like the comedy guys of that ilk of that age like martin short was always like my guy of any of them i think he's oh, sure. unbelievably funny and and for me anyway i guess maybe because he just hits everything i love the like most on the nose but i I think he's funnier by a mile. I think he's so funny. Even, you know, his late night appearances, which I didn't realize until recently, like he prepared them hardcore. Yeah, and and Steve Martin will know. He talks about that too. Like they both do the thing where they prepare for months in advance, like to come up with a bit and to work it out and really like, like they take it seriously. They don't just walk on and riff it. Like they are, they're true. Like I think both of them, more so than Martin Short are entertainers first and foremost. Like they are the people like the people that would go on the tonight show with Johnny Carson and just like the Ronnie Dangerfield who would just work out a bit and just to kill. I think those are where they come from. Uh, absolutely. And it, and in, in a speaking of that too, like in terms of being consummate entertainers in their movies, they'll also do what, whatever gets the laugh, whatever yeah. gets the funniest laugh. Because it's all in the service of the lab. Did you read that Vulture? I think it was the Vulture. Yeah, it was Vulture. Oral History of Clifford that came out a couple months ago. Oh, yeah, of course. One of my favorite It was films. great. Have that you seen the movie? movie amazing. Movies? Yeah. I watched it, uh, it uh, la- earlier this year. You, you know, Tom Sharpling talks about it a lot. I think it's his favorite yes. movie. But, and he just talked about it. And I'm like, I just listened to him talk about it on like three different podcasts. But because um, I think he, he actually owns the suit and stuff. <laughs> Clifford, yeah. You know, like. So um, I think when that movie came out, when I saw it, we all watched it as a family and we all liked it. And I remember being like, I don't know why people don't like this movie. Obviously a 40 year old man playing a 10 year old is a little weird. It's a bizarre choice in the it's best a bizarre, way And it's not quite like pen 15 where they are existing as 13 year olds. Yeah. This, this is a 40 year old playing a 10 year old, like in an improv scene. So like <laughs> there is a weird thing that disconnect, but everybody is in on it. And everybody sells it. And years ago, my friend and I went to a, we managed to get tickets to this um, benefit. It was on Broadway and it was hosted by Charles Grodin, Martin Short, and Paul Schaefer and Regis Philbin. Martin Short might not have been there, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was definitely Charles Grodin, Paul Schaefer, Regis Philbin, who I think they all living, lived at that point time in Connecticut together uh, Mm -hmm. in the same area. So they, they did. And, they took a Q and a, it was a poor excuse for a show like Regis Philbin hosted. It was like not funny. And, um, Charles Grodin is great, but he, someone asked him what his favorite movie was. And he said, comedically Clifford is my favorite movie. 
And like, if you watch that movie, you're like, I get why he said that because comedically it is, a, it is it like comedically. It's a move. It's a great movie in the sense that it's pushing the conversation forward. It's something different it, of that time. It started, they shot it in like the early nineties, eighties, the, the Bill Murray movies, those type of things. Like this is a movie that is like what we talked about last time on the pod. Um, like, like a MacGruber or something where it's like pushing the comedic comedy forward rather than looking at what worked and trying to recreate that. So I think that's as a, you know, as a, that's what you want to do. Well, yeah, to, I think to, to your point, like to be so fully realized and br- brilliant in and of itself, but also, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but like important, it, it moved, it pushed it forward, like you said. And I think, um, I think that informed the the sensibilities of a lot of people that are similar now and that are that funny. Like, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday randomly, but I was thinking about what the funniest movies that fit my sensibilities of like the last 10 years. And the three I came up with were MacGruber, uh, Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Yep. And, uh, and the, uh, what's the name? That just came out this um oh um yeah uh, Vista Del Mar Vista Del Mar yeah I would yeah. agree. Uh, what, what was the category? The best what? The uh, best comedies or my favorite comedies of the last ten years. The only one I would add, and this is personal preference, that I would I would sort of add, and maybe you could do a a, a MacGruber twofer, is Hot Rod. I would add to that. Um, it's in yeah. that same ilk. That's just my personal preference. I agree with those three though. Alpha Papa. Um, I know some Alan Partridge fans who hate that movie, but I I do think just as a standalone, it's great. I think it's great. Oh, also, you know what? Speaking of Lonely Island, Popstar is way oh. up there. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't. I like Hot Rod better for some reason because I think it was such a surprise for me, and I like that it bombed. Like all the movies I like, do not. The one thing they have to have all in common is they didn't make anybody anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, how? Because that's what I'm constantly especially referencing. especially yeah, yeah. a great. It made. Nothing at the box office. I saw it opening weekend, and with a friend of How mine. How old were you we when were, you saw it? What year is that movie? It was 2011, I believe. So is that true? Well, I feel yeah, like that's earlier. Wasn't it mid? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like I'm 99. I'm typing. You're gonna hear me typing. Okay. 2011. Rupert. 2010. You're wrong, Brandon. 2010. Oh man, I gotta quit this show. 2010. So I was uh 27. Yeah, 2010. Okay. Why did I think 20. you're 27 now? No, you're like 39 years old. I'm 38 years old. You're 38. How's that feel? I'm a 38-year-old boy. How do you feel uh, about that? I um, am in no way as resilient as I used to be. I feel like I have to really... Uh, <laughs> that me? That I mean, me? no. No. <laughs> it Well, it makes sense in my head. It uh, It's that... I Man, I, I just have to work harder to oh, have more energy. You know, like that. I just don't... um. I don't recover as easily as I used to. I'm not no. saying I'm old or anything, but you just hit a wall eventually, and you're just like, "Shit, I gotta, I gotta really tighten everything up, get it together, be on, be diligent." And, um, uh, were yeah. you? What do you? Um, last time we talked, I don't know if this is pod, um, talk. I guess you could cut it out. Do you cut things out or no? No, not really. Okay. Um, I'll ask the question anyway. But what are you doing? Like your your worky work. Like, what are you doing for worky work now? Oh, I'm well. I'm on uh, I'm on disability because oh, okay muscle disease. So it uh so muscle it allows disease? me. Yeah, I have a muscle disease. 
Okay. Yeah, it's called uh, Nimaline Rod Myopathy. How does that feel? Is it painful? It's, it's not painful, uh, it's but... It's annoying. It's not... It's it's a real pain in the ass. Yeah, it's... um. So, when you do, like, uh... If... Do, like, uh... When you uh, x-ray, like, my muscles, it, it's got little rods in there. Okay. I don't really know what that... That, obviously, is where the name came from, so I don't know where... What that does exactly, but, uh... In terms of, like, getting stronger and, th- and muscle-related things... I can technically get stronger, although like the ceiling on how strong I can get is limited. But uh, no matter how like much I would work out, I can't like physically, visibly gain muscle mass. So if anything, I would just get thinner. I guess technically. Uh, um, and when you is there a way where like if you get struck by lightning, it touches all the rods and you gain a superpower or anything like that, or no? Yeah, I hope there's like a Wolverine situation. I'm not really <laughs> yeah. sure how that works. That'd be nice. What's the I would take it. Uh, What's the metal that's in his body? What's adamantium? The... I think. Yeah, adamantium. Yeah, it seems like every DC and Marvel have their own metal they've created. Because doesn't the Black Panther have a metal, or is that wrong? Yes, although I don't know what it's called. I don't. Uh, I. You're not into comic books. No, I've never read a comic book. Really? I've Do you read. Not, like uh, I've never seen the Marvel. I haven't seen a fair amount of the Marvel movies. Are you not into those? I've watched. I, I've hit a wall with those recently. Not re- I mean, the last couple of years where I've just like, you know, the the brilliant thing that Marvel does is like every you have to watch every movie to get every puzzle piece, and that just feels like homework. And I don't really want to do homework to watch a thing that I always come out thinking that was fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. I just don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me if another Marvel movie comes out, um, and the de- the constant debate people have about who's who and what's what and how much money it just seems insane to me. But used to they would never make a comic book movie that was for children, and uh, I like that they kept it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, there I was like do. Superman four, and then there was nothing. There was like the Phantom, and then maybe Which bombed miserably. And then oh well, mm-hmm. the, before the Phantom, there was Batman. And then Batman Returns and those diminishing returns in all those movies. Uh, and then every couple years there'd be a new, the Nolan Batman, which people liked, but was not as good as like, I thought the Tim Burton Batman was a nice mix of the old TV show and like the Tim Burton style of doing it, where it didn't take itself too seriously, but also was serious. I think and also, then, the, yeah, and it was made by a guy who had no concept of comic books. No, or and, no concept and of admittedly Batman. so, and like had, did not see Batman as like a, preserving a um everybody's childhood he saw it as like it wasn't precious to him which goes a long way totally it wasn't michael keaton i just read an article in new york times michael keaton didn't even want to do it and he was like oh this is an opportunity for me to do something different and he and he he was michael keaton as batman which i think is amazing and then um and then only till iron man when you know disney decided to do this uh 50 year plan of a movie every year uh did they uh did it become a thing? Yeah, so. I think that I think the resurgence, or the thing that started the resurgence of comic books, was I think the first X Men movie, which then I oh, think, think led right. to yeah, which I think then led to the, that Spider Man movie, which that's when, I mean, it didn't, it didn't uh, cause the momentum that was the current modern Marvel, I guess, but it it got there because I think like the guy Kevin oh, Feige right. like worked on set for one of the movies and then you know you blink and then he's suddenly the, the chairman of the movie. oh that's interesting yeah because um what's his name uh 
Yeah, because the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I remember liking that. I saw it in the movies. That was gigantic. And I yeah, remember that was huge. they released their initial poster, and the initial poster was the a helicopter in a spider web hanging between the two towers. And then 9-11 happened, and they had to quickly get rid of that. Really? I wonder if you can... It's weird, because I have that one in my house, and uh, (laughs) I refuse to take it down. Um, No, 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 that's not true. Um, I bet you can can probably buy that poster. It's probably a collector's item, I'm assuming. I'm sure it is. Anything like that is a collector's item. What movies... They digitally took out the Twin Towers, what, in Zoolander? They did something. Uh, Remember when Zoolander came out? That was like right after 9-11, right? Yes, and... (laughs) Yeah, that... I... That is such a wild thing that they were like, they don't exist now, so we shouldn't see them. I guess they uh, didn't want it to be, I guess I, I'm assuming the mindset was we don't want it to be triggering. We want the movie to be the conversation, not the fact that the Twin Towers are in it. So like, I think they, but then I guess it becomes a conversation anyway. I don't know how you erase a landmark out of yeah, a Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Uh, and, you know, it's funnily enough, speaking of Michael Keaton, he did a movie where there's a poster of a giant hand Hand crushing him between oh, yeah. the two towers. Squeeze, squeeze. squeeze? Is that squeeze? what? Squeeze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. Oh, that was that the like twin towers? Year. The squeeze. It was the two. It was the twin towers. Yeah. Oh man, I yeah. that was a movie where I was like, did that ever come out? Like I have that in my mind that it's like, did it ever? I don't remember ever seeing it. I remember seeing the poster in the video store, but I don't remember it ever. So 1987, the squeeze. I've never seen it, but it mm- feels like a fake poster in a movie. Meatloaf like is in it, movie. and he is being squeezed by the Twin Towers. Yeah. Comedically yeah. squeezed. He's got the, oh, man. There's also another cover, if you Google, like, Twin Towers and posters, that there's one of uh, from Sesame Street of the Cookie Monster eating one of the Twin Towers. Let's look that up. Yep. Cookie and Monster. And then there's another one of, like, King Kong fighting on top of the Twin Towers. Well, that's, I mean, those are such... I went down a random. Oh yeah, Google yeah, monster on the loose. Yeah, he's eating yeah. thing. Well, it's funny. Uh, I was watching Gremlins two recently, um, as one does, and uh, the uh, Twin Towers fe- featured prominently um, in the um, in the I movie. About that, yeah. Leonard Malton's in it. I know that. Much. Film historian and... called the squeeze. Uh, Leonard Malton called it dreadful, almost completely devoid of laughs or suspense. Uh, did were not make any money. Were you expecting suspense for that movie? I, I don't know. know. I guess I it was a thriller. Movie. You know, they were doing these things in the, um, you know, Beverly Hills Cop was such a hit that for 10 years, 10, 15 years, they were making Beverly Hills Cop, which I guess they build as a thriller because a guy gets shot in the head in the beginning of it. Like, uh, yeah. Up until that point, the comedies were not, you know, violent um, like that. So I think that then there was like so many, so many redos of Beverly Hills Cop in different ways. Um, you know, I watched Midnight Run for the first time last year. Uh, yeah, I just watched it recently, and I was on another podcast talking about it. And oh, I didn't realize it. Delightful. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, outside of the, the score not being ideal, it or very you like the, the Danny, time, you hate Danny Elfman. I think that there were parts of it that really worked, and some parts of it just were a little distracting for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love the movie. I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie. I, after a while, I had seen that movie 50 times uh, as a child, and then as an adult, I rewatched it, and it was, I felt it was good. But I didn't think about it afterwards. I just think Charles Grodin's so good in it. I thought he's so good, and then I, I watched The Heartbreak Kid as well. And the the um, Ben Stiller one? 
Yeah, the Charles Grodin one. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. I liked it a lot. I thought it was great, and I think he was amazing. He's great. In it. Have you watched Beethoven? Have you watched that movie? I've I've not watched that in a long time. So I watched Beethoven because I have a six year old son, and we watched Beethoven because I liked it as a kid, and we our family would watch it sometimes. What was your family's favorite movie? Did you have a family favorite movie you all watched together? No, I I have like individual ones that I watched like my mom or my dad too. Of uh, dad, oh, like Heat is his go-to. Loves it. He heat, Heat. Oh, that's a good it. one. Yeah, I saw that with my dad. Too. He doesn't rewatch a lot of movies, no. but that's one he wa- rewatches like that and Hell or High Water. He... Oh, good choices. Those are real man's man movies. Those are great movies. Yeah, and, Hell or High uh, Water, especially. And my mom's favorite movie is Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> for real yeah. well she like kurt russell's funny in it is that why she she loves she, like the mystery and and kip cattrall's beautiful in it too yeah she but she's uh it's as much that it's a kurt russell movie as anything but she just loves that movie that's so interesting i don't think yeah. my mom has a favorite movie uh uh my dad passed but his favorite movie was major league and um Bronx Tale were two of his favorite movies. Oh, Bronx um, Tale, directed by Robert De Niro. I like it, that movie. Yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Um, he never liked The God... He, we never we watched Goodfellas a couple times together, and he kind of liked that. He kind of liked mob movies, but he did like... Um, but a, a family movie, we all saw Beethoven, and we were really into it, and we had the videotape, and we watched Beethoven. Um, so I rewatched it with my son, and Charles Grodin, in a, there's a moment in the movie where he... The doctor, who's like the shady doctor, is asking him if the Beethoven has ever bit anybody in the family and you can see on charles Grodin's face he hates the dog so much he's trying yeah. to think of when the dog had bit him and he can't think of it and he's disappointed and it's so funny without him saying anything that i was like oh this guy is hitting it out of the park in what is like obviously a paycheck like this movie is just they probably shot it real quickly and it's not anything it was a movie to for families to enjoy in an afternoon but this guy is like trying to find he's trying he finds moments in every scene to like be funny which i think is great I think exactly to your point, like, um, in so many of his movies, like Midnight Run, it's it's like the little, it's the subtleties that, that go so far with what he does. Like, clearly, he has thought it out, and he really, he puts in performances. He's so great. When, when he's, like, in Midnight Run, when he's, like, um, right, and he's, like, try, they're trying to get money, and they're kind of doing the scam at the bar, at Red's yes. bar. Who are you, Red? And then he's, like, uh, to the to the bar fly, he's, like, are you, you live around here? And there's just like that long pause. Like he's so good. It's so funny that scene. Because it was the point that guy has been a spaz, and then he has he becomes this hero that I think is really nice. But that that's exactly stuff that I love in comedy. Are just I mean I guess it it amounts to amazing actors putting in layered performances comedically. Like you know they can do anything, and and also they can just fully commit. I respect that so much. Yeah, he was he was one of the greats. One of the greats. I have a bunch of plays that he wrote that I've been reading through, and it's interesting, like what he wrote as plays. Like he was very prolific. He wrote books. He wasn't just an actor. He directed a movie that was buried with Walter Matthau edit that you can't find anywhere. Really? Um, yeah, it's called Movers and Shakers, and I can't seem to. Maybe it's probably on YouTube, but I it was on TV one day, and I remember DVRing it because um, I still own cable because I'm an old man. But I, there is, yeah, he's got tons of stuff. I, I mean, he's made so many quality things that it'll live on, but it's great. He's doing Jack Benny is basically what he's doing. He's doing, you can almost see like the link. Like I um, was, you know, Mike Birbiglia. Do you know that yeah. guy? 
he has a podcast and he had Jim Gaffigan on and Jim Gaffigan was talking about, um, you know, working with Brian Regan. And then I watched Jim Gaffigan's show last, like uh, a stand up special from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's doing Brian Regan in, in some of his performance, like his act outs, he is doing the way Brian Regan sells a joke. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I think everybody's just kind of doing who they like in their own way. I'm not saying anybody's it's not stealing, but it's just like you, you take on this quality of that's interesting. Yeah. Well, like, I, to your point though, about like, uh, about standup comedians, that, that, that was like the old, maybe it's a joke, but it, but like the serious thing about like any comedian starts out for the first couple years, aping their favorite comedian. Sure. And it's like so obvious, but I guess in my mind, I just assumed it kind of just went away, but I guess everybody has their influences. Yeah, and you can see in the Charles Grodin how much, if you watch old Jack Benny on YouTube or whatever, I love Jack Benny, he's my favorite of all time. You can see the sort of deadpan and the slow burn that he's kind of taking from that. Whether he intentionally did it or not, that is a type of comedy that he was doing. Like the sort okay. of cranky cranky guy. So, I don't know, it's great. He's great in uh, Sorry, I Married an Axe Murder, which I, I love, which is my favorite, one of my favorites. And he has the, um, have you seen that in a long time? It's been... I haven't seen it in a minute, but I've watched it many times. Yeah, where he's like, um, he's like, you know, I'm commandeering this, this car, and Charles Grodin's like, no. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's great. And, yeah, yeah. yeah Stephen Wright's great too. Oh, they're all great. And and um, uh, what's his name? Um, Michael Richards, who I guess is not can- is he canceled still? I don't know what his where we are with him. He's not in anything, right? Michael I think Richards? I think people don't want to see him. I, I think minimally, if he pops up, it's we know what is going to be referenced and it's not going to be, and it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. going to be Kramer. So yeah, it's too uh, bad. I mean, he was another one where like in that movie too, where he's like, I'm just an insensitive guy. Like he's great. as just like a pop in, in that movie. Um, I think the first time I ever saw him was Transylvania six, 5,000. Oh, is he in that movie? You know, I've I never think, seen that. Is that I good? Believe it's very it, of the time. I saw it when I was a kid. So, it pops it's up. It's still good to me. All the time. I guess the rights must be just, people just keep buying the rights to try to make money off of it. Like, it must be one of these things no one owns, but it comes up like, if there's ever a new streaming network, that's the first movie that they have. Is like, I think I think it's cheap, and it's one of the more f- kind of forgotten movies, maybe for the right reasons. But it's but, it's Goldblum and uh, Ed Begley Jr., right? Yeah, and Gina Davis. Really? Yeah. I gotta check this out. Gina Davis plays a vampire. I just found a movie the other day that I saw as a kid because there was a video store that literally had a DVD. It, it wasn't choosy. It was like an independent video store. It would just have DVDs from everywhere. And there's a movie called Ghost Fever starring Sherman Hemsley from um, uh, uh, Moving On Up. What's that show? Sherman Hemsley. Um, the Jeffersons. Uh, yeah, Jefferson. From the 80s. And I cannot wait to see it because I guess him and this other guy are ghost hunters. And it was like, it's made in like 1987. So it's like three years after Ghostbusters. So they're trying to cash in. Um, and uh, I got to check it out because I remember seeing it as a kid and it's, I remember liking it. And I got it. There's like these things that kind of disappear. This is another movie, Wrong Guys with, um, not the wrong guy, which I love, yeah. but the wrong guys with Richard Belzer, Richard Lewis. And Louis Anderson and their old Cubs. I've seen scouts. that movie. Yeah, and I loved it as a kid. And I gotta see it again. I gotta watch that movie again. There's a movie I remember when I was a kid. We rented two movies, mm-hmm. and I got really sick, and I could only watch one of them. And so there, I still haven't seen the movie because your doctor told you not to watch the other one. 
Yeah, it was. Be, it would be bad for my health, <laughs> and that may be true because it looks pretty awful. But I never did watch it, and it's we rented the movie Roxanne. Oh, that's a great which, movie, which I love, and yeah. I actually rewatched a couple months ago. Holds up great, really does the nostalgia for me. But then the other one was the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Oh, forget about it. I I know it's gonna we, be bad. I'm sure we watched, we rented that. I could not wait to rent it because I was the hugest Garbage Pail Kid fan. I still have my Garbage Pail Kids. I'm looking at them right now. They are. I love them. And the movie came out, and I was like, "This is going to be awesome." And I don't think I made it through the first twenty minutes because okay. it was I've heard so very bad. weird. Um, I would love to see it again. There's something in my mind. You know, the movie's bad, but like, there's something in your mind that you're like, you've convinced yourself it's good. So like, you kind of, it's garbage pail kids. Like, I gotta, I gotta, and the the Blu-ray's out of print, so I can't. I'm not going to spend like sixty dollars, but I'll watch it again someday. Um, I don't know. I feel like. I'm like, a part of me is thinking, if it's been this long and I haven't seen it, should I just keep the streak alive? Or should I just watch it because who gives a shit? I don't know. I, I, I wonder about that, too, because I'm like, you know, life is finite. I'm not going to watch. Am I going to spend two hours of something where I could be writing or doing something else? Or, And the answer is yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. I will watch um, If Looks Could Kill starring Richard Grieco again. Yes, I will watch. I mean, these things. I, I love that movie. I know oh, it's not good. No, it's not good at, at all. all. I rewatched really bad, it, but I love it. It is funny. Like yeah. the woman that plays the French teacher in that movie is awesome. Like uh, Mr. Corbin, like she's great in it. I, I, and it's it's kind of hard to find. It's on DVD, but it's not on Blu-ray, obviously. But you know what? I bought. Um, it has not come in the mail yet, and I'm a little disappointed. But One Crazy Summer. Um, I love that movie. Has just been released on Blu-ray, and I don't buy a lot of Blu-rays, but something I'd like to keep. That's like hard. I don't want to like, I don't know. It's more of a keepsake than it is like owning the movie, but that movie is great. It's, and also, I, it's very rewatchable. Very rewatchable. It's like, they don't make it like that, like a silly thing. The I would say watching cartoons with my son, cartoons have taken over that kind of world where there's a show on Disney called Big City Greens that's just like as funny, funnier than Ted Lasso. Like it's just funny, funny jokes. Mm-hmm. Teen Titans Go is so funny. Like there, there's a world where those. I think the one crazy summers are still that kind of like Mad Magazine crazy. Anything goes humor is in because they don't make Naked Gun type movies or they don't even make scary movie anymore. But I think they've kind of graduated over to the to the uh, cartoons, which I think is kind of cool. Um, I can see that. I think that's cool that at the very least there's a space for that because. I don't know. I think every form of that humor should be available to people, even if you know live action, small budgeted films are just or mid budgeted films even aren't really a thing right now. No, no, they're not. And like, I was surprised that Vista Del Mar, Barman Star, was like got made because that movie is insane. And I was I'm like, really, oh. I'm genuinely shocked by that. Yeah, but I a, think that they had a budget. They had a budget, and I think you know they had a vision, and I think it's it was not what I thought it was going to be. Which it pleasantly surprised. Like it's not real. Yeah. It wasn't a real story between these two ladies. It was there was a love between them, but not in the sense that it was just anything goes. It uh, um, it very it had you know kind of like um, an Austin Powersy nature to it that I enjoyed, and and also though any movie any comedy that just has every form of comedy on the table and amazing actors fully committing on a cellular level just like mcgruber and like alan partridge like every form of silly i am all in every time um can i before we i'm not running quite running out of time but i want to sure. can i do a couple self-serving plug things 
Yeah, I wanted to ask you about your podcast, and uh, it's going is that great. One of them? That's yeah. the only one, really. I mean, okay. I'm off social media for a month, so I we don't have to. I do love using Venmo as my one social media, uh, which is uh, how did that start? Where did you come up with that idea? Oh, uh, it was just a joke that I was like, it, oh, what if I just started putting all my tweets on Venmo? And then, so then I just I started. Like <laughs> then I just started doing <laughs> that, and then people paid me. I made about thirty dollars. Brandon, okay. of people paying me to write jokes for them on Venmo. So I did that. And then it kind of died off. And then I got really sick of wasting my time on Twitter and Instagram. So I shut both down for a month. I said, I will see you soon. So um, I'm in sort of the middle of my month sabbatical from social media, but I will go on to promote this podcast. Well, the bright spot is that by the time your, your sabbatical will be over. When this will be out. Oh, nice. So I'm going to hit you right when you're back in the groove Great. of tweeting for free. Yeah, I, I hate both sites, but it's fine. I will uh, I will promote it. I really just use it to promote stuff, and I have such a small audience. But I do think people I do think people will come and listen to whatever. So I made a podcast called Are You Sure? The Films of Pauly Shore, which I watched all of Pauly Shore's movies made by major studios and had a guest come on to talk about it and um it was a fun experiment um we got a a, a fair amount of listeners who tuned in um a nice review that was probably from you on itunes <laughs> it was but. it was probably me i i thought it was great and you know honestly those the poly Shore movies hit me right at the sweet spot of like being in my early teens or mm-hmm. that around sure so it was like perfect for me and so I saw Son of Law in the theater. I saw Encino Man in the theater. And I love them. Yeah, and I think people have a lot of nostalgia for them. A lot of the movies are not good. Um, and they yeah. don't age well. I think there's a lot of transphobia and uh, mm. homophobia and um, xenophobia in him um, to cert- some certain extent. Son-in-Law is actually a film. Like, it has a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, it has payoff. Uh, and the journey is not his. It's the woman who he's sort of helping in the movie um and i think that was the best one the other ones vary in um likability i rewatched encino man and it does not hold up although brendan fraser is fantastic in it um brendan fraser was great then but it's just it's that early thing of like oh yeah that guy's a movie star yeah totally and he better than the movie that he's in i mean i talk about someone finding something funny in, in every moment and then uh in the army now, I liked, and then everything else is kind of garbage. Like Jury Duty and Biodome, people were like, "This is the worst movie I've ever seen," and they are pretty bad. Jury Duty is a good idea for a movie, and so is Biodome. I just think their execution is terrible. But I've had lots of people, on on, and when I say lots, like ten or fifteen people, text me or tweet me that Biodome was their favorite movie in high school, and they loved it and have seen it a million times. So it's I a do fun concept, super fun concept. I do feel a little bad that I I crap on it. So I don't know what your opinion is. Like, I think I might do another round of these called Taste of Candy, the selected films of John Candy. And uh, do you think in your in your view as a podcaster, do you think Mm. people do you think people want to hear their favorite movies in reverence or do they want it like I think if you go all the way and you just crap on movies, it's not as fun. But if you don't, if you, it's just a party where you just say what you like. It's not fun either. There's got to be like a middle ground. Would you agree or no? In terms of, I think think there's got to be a middle ground. Yes. I think, I think honestly, if you watch at a certain point, if you watch an old enough movie, you're going to find good things and bad things, whether they are 
and and it, and I guess your point, like, what what prism do you watch it through? Do you watch it through? Oh, this is good for today, or this is this. You know, maybe you can contextualize it of this is what I thought then. This is what I thought now. As you're revisiting it, yeah. your opinions on Candy in general, who is uh, brilliant. He never really made like a, a bad man. movie, too. Like it's not like Paulie Shore. Where Paulie Shore, I think, what was interesting about that was that he was not only he was a joke in the world of like pop culture. Like yeah. once his movies like were terrible, people were like, "Oh, like a Paulie Shore movie." Like there would be jokes about it. But as a these movies like really hold. In, in people's hearts, like you say, like they're you know, better we than they had about. any right to be. Yeah, and like he made six movies, he was like he paved the way for other people to make movies, Will Ferrell or, or Jim Carrey and stuff. So, you know, there's a respect there that I have, and like, you know, I don't know. I, I got a couple texts that people really liked it. I mean, such a small people listen to it because I don't have, you know, I don't have the I, one. I'm not, you know, a thing, but also the people I had on were friends and people you've had on this podcast too. So not that I'm not saying bad things about that, but just like people I knew who can hold a conversation. But I, sure. I do think of more people listen than I thought. And, um, you know, people are like, Oh, I know somebody who knows Paulie Shore. And they're like, uh, I don't know if he'd want to come. I didn't ask, but he said, yeah. I was thinking of asking him if he'd like to come on your thing, but I don't think he'd want to come on to talk about something where you're kind of shitting on him. And I was like, that's true. And I don't know if I want to talk to him. To be honest, because I, I don't think I don't that's know how receptive it. he'd be, regardless of how positive it was. Because I've heard him on a few podcasts, yeah, and it was rough. Yeah, because I do think he's still living in the. He's still living in that world. Like he still think thinks so. that he's the weasel, which is kind of hard when you're like fifty-five years old. I'll, I will tell you that he was in a movie that came out last year. I think pretty funny. It had some real moments. Guest house. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I would love to put him. I would love to make a Paulie Shore movie that is high concept that you make now, without referencing that time has gone by. Like you're just like he's the weasel and he's um, a Secret Service agent for the <laughs> yeah. president. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think that would be funny to me. But then you put like real jokes in it. Like that would be funny. So what I'm if it pitching was a Secret Service agent who had to follow like the first daughter. Yeah. And is that it's type of situation? Definitely the Sinbad movie, First Kid, but we just yes. make it with Paulie Shore. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely. Or fun. like he's got to guard the first dog, even. So it's him and a dog. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like Secret Service meets Canine. Yeah. Like or, he, or Turner and Hooch. Yeah, like he gets bumped down. He makes a mistake. Like, um, you know, uh, the Prime Minister of England comes and he accidentally shoots him. Uh, his toupee off or something that would get a huge laugh and then uh <laughs> then he has to he's downgraded to but the, him and the dog solve a crime that's at the white house done we got it see you at the see you at the webbies it really does write itself and then you gotta i mean you gotta figure out how to put in wheezing the juice at some point that's easy because that's still, like the that's rose garden does, isn't there like fruit trees at the um <laughs> <laughs> isn't there fruit, fruit trees yeah. at the white house and yeah. he's just like he's taking an orange he's like talking to the dog and the dog's like huh and he's like you gotta wheeze the juice he's gonna be like wheezing the presidential juice, juice. yeah <laughs> i think that'd be great maybe that's an audio um, thing like the mike Sachs, what he's doing like where he makes these like uh parody sort of like he made a parody of like 80s teen movies but it's like an audio project maybe i'll do a maybe i could get he's Paul really to do it that'd be great yeah okay 
I, you need to get out of here. I don't want to keep you any longer. No, no. This is great, though. I, I always love talking to you. Is, so uh, am I your awesome. first guest to make a return? You are the third guest to make a return. Who was the other two? Other two were my first guest, period, my friend Denard, and my friend Jessica, who gave me, regaled me with uh, what it was like teaching during all of last year, uh, which was, as you would expect, it was My it was wife a had lot. a similar But then we also talked to... Uh, we also talked about a, an IG, an Instagram account that involves a guy who I think might genuinely be like a psychopath. Oh, okay. uh, uh, parody, parody, parody. Uh, who owns a uh, a skunk, and that's a it's a whole frightening thing. Do you? Yeah. What's your goals now? What's your goals? So this is I talked to you in January. Yeah. I talked to yeah. you and uh, literally today is September first. What's your goals now for the rest of the year? Do you have any goals? Uh, a, a little bit not, of a life coaching moment for you. Okay, okay. Let me think about this. Uh, a, not get COVID. That still, continues. even though you got the, uh, still, you got the shot. Vaccine. Your pee pee, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it like everybody else, and I had a catheter installed just for safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on top of that, uh, not get COVID regardless of whether I have. Uh, am vaccinated, which I am, or not? Right. Still so are you going to the that. movies and stuff? Are you going to? You going to? You're not going to. Um, I've gone to uh, movies. Lollapalooza. Oh, you've been to the movies. Okay. You wearing a mask in the movies? Yes. Okay. I'm just not because I, I'm like, if the question is, don't do it or don't. I'm like, well, just do it. It's not that difficult to wear a mask. Who gives a shit? And also, if it gives reassurance to other people around you, then there you go. To me, that's All a total right. win. So yeah, I'm gonna wear All a right. mask. Uh, but I've not gone. To a restaurant, I really don't feel comfortable doing that. At least not yet. Sure. Okay. So I'll leave it outdoors. I'm taking, maybe I've not done that either. Oh know? wow. Okay. Well, because we we have a lot of like curbside stuff, so it's not exactly obviously the same as going in a restaurant or having the experience, right. but it's some kind of middle ground to mitigate that. And I, I'm just like it's just not worth that at this point. Not so your goal is no no COVID. What what's your other goal? What's your goal for the pod? Who's your Who's start, your biggest guest? Who you Who do you want to Who are you going to manifest come to you? you uh, I want. I'm trying to see when I think of that that question. I think about people I could. I feel like I have a realistic possibility of getting. Yeah. And I I genuinely think I could get Tim Heidecker. I believe that because I've talked to several people that he does stuff with. Mm-hmm. I think I can do that. Uh, I would like to talk to Sharpling, although. And not that it would be anything of him. I'd be intimidating because I'm such a fan. Uh, which I don't really get that way with anybody. But I know with him, I have a lot of reverence for him. Mm-hmm. So that would be really cool. But otherwise, I don't know. I just, Those are your two big... You're not, you don't want to get... Um, oh God, You don't want to get Forte on here? Oh, I mean, that would be unbelievable. But you could get seems, Forte. You can get Forte. I don't know. I just that. read this, you know, six degrees of separation, right? But this was like a legitimate study someone did, and I forgot the guy. Oh, it was Martin Seligman, who did okay. lots of things. So he he gave people a packet, and in the packet was an address of someone who lived in Boston. And he said, send, send the address, the pack, to someone to get it as close to Boston as you can based on who you know. So his friend was like, I bet you it's going to take hundreds of people to get to this guy in Boston because each person, let's say, I think it started out in, in like 
California or somewhere, someone sends it, the farthest person they know is maybe in Texas. So then that person's okay. like, I don't know anybody in Texas. The, f- the closest I could probably go is uh, Colorado. You know, it might spend a lot of time in one area of the year uh, uh, before it gets there. It only took six people. Most uh, The average was six people to get it to Boston. So the idea that if you can get time high detector, you can easily get six degrees. You're six degrees from getting Forte or somebody. Well, I can tell you, I, I know how I- this again is a big like have to get one to get the other. But I know exactly how, if I could get Forte, how I could do it. And that is Mary Steenburgen, who is from Arkansas. All right. That, and she worked, she's good friends with Will Forte. To the point where Will Forte was in Arkansas like three years ago to celebrate their anniversary at a restaurant they own. So uh, who, her and Ted Danson? Yeah. You should get Ted Danson too. You should get the whole thing. I, I think <laughs> your next, I think your goal for the end of the year, make contact with Mary Steenburgen. I could do that. I got well. I think I. We'll check I mean, in on I'm that. I'm so limited in what I can do. We'll it's, we'll it's do like a special app where I check in on your goals. Is that cool? Okay. We'll we'll do a special app. I'll come back. I want to see how far you gotten getting Mary Steenburgen on here. Okay. Now I'm gonna actually like really work toward it. No, work towards towards it. I, I think that's doable. In the fact, you're not just getting her as a get. Obviously, you're not doing it to get to Will Forte, but that's a, a step in the right direction. Because I do think you get Will Forte on here. Forget about it. If I could do that, I mean, I feel like he would say yes at the very least. In that he's such a nice guy, so but it's all so in in some regards, it's all about getting to him and getting him to see it, mm-hmm. which is in and of itself a tall order. But if I get Steam version, which would be cool by itself, that would open a lot of possibilities. And I could get you OJ. Just let me know. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, okay, good. I know he doesn't want juice. to be in California because it's. Scary for him to know that the killer could be by him at any moment. Yeah, but I could, get recently. I could get him okay. on here. Just let okay, me know good. when you want OJ. Okay, well, that's my goal. OJ okay. and um, a Jared from Subway I could get you both of those easy. Okay, um, and, and Al Callens, perfect. The, uh, <laughs> Al Callens, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, you need to go. All right, I'll you, talk to you later. You, but okay, that's your goal. Though. I'm going to come back. I want to come back. I'm going to make a, what's today? Today's September 1st. I'm going to come back December 1st. Okay. On your pod. Okay. I will do that. That's, and we're creating a little bit of world for your pod. That's what I'm doing here. I'm okay, we'll set that. So, so, Venmo comedian Joe Schiappa, are you sure the the films are probably sure? Yep, out it's now. out where you get your podcast. It's great. It's a limited series. You can listen to every episode now. Do that. Thank you for coming on, by the way. This oh, my a, pleasure. It's and, a delight. And I'll see you December first. Okay, I will see you then. Thank you all for listening. Please take care. Please stay safe. Get vaccinated if you're not. Wear a mask even if you are. And bye. 